guys welcome back to another artist spotlight uh before i get started let me just say i'm back can't believe it <laughs> i can't believe i'm doing this again uh i've been gone for like since i hadn't i sat down uh no i came into vibe street this is where we're recording that right now and michael was like i ain't seen you since 2019 and i was like dang bro it's been a minute and um i'm happy to be record re-interviewing again it feels really good uh, it was one person that I said, hey, uh, if I come back, you got to be the first person to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be the first person to do it. So so this week, uh, I have a brother of mine, a friend, uh, somebody that I call my friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luke Crowder. What's up? Hello. What's up? <laughs> my man, what's good, dude? What's good? What's up? Man. I can't believe this. Story time. Story time. <laughs> I met you. Back in 2016, it's been I was interviewing, I interviewed Paper No Last Name for the All-Star Pack, yep, and yep. Uh, I was doing it for the website. We did that at your house, yep. and I finished the interview, and you played some, you played some rock and roll, roll music, <laughs> and I was like, what you know about that? And we probably had one of the best music conversations I've had in a long time because I can't yeah. have those conversations with everybody. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and uh, you were one of the people. You're one of the people that I've actually. God, man, like we we hit each other on the chat on a on a regular regular, regular basis, man. Since since 2016. 20, damn, 2016 <laughs> is a long time though, man. It's a long I time for them. It ain't a long time that. for us. It's, it's not. It's not. <laughs> wow, man. It's it's been. Do you a, remember that a, day? I do remember that day, man. Um, you came through. You like the fact that I had on some um I had on the um what are these shoes called? The um whatever these are. What are these? Air 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 challenge twos. Yeah. You know, and dude, I, I've always respected all the interviews you've ever done. You showcased some of the the greatest the greatest artists from Birmingham, yeah. outside of Birmingham, independent guys that really needed just a push and dude, you've always been a a, a friend, man. Yeah, bro. outside of that, just just everything, man. I it was it used to. Luke used to hit me in the chat. Can I? I mean, let, me, ahead, let me throw this ahead. out here. Go ahead, Luke. Early Luke, Luke before he he Luke now. <laughs> um, used to hit me in the chat and was like, "Who hot out there in, in these Birmingham streets, man? Who 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 should, I, who should I be listening to or talk to?" And I used to throw some names out there too, bro. Oh, and they yeah. saying, I know you might be working with him or something. Oh yeah, man. Hey, dude, you you've always had you know your your hands on the pulse of like what's happening in Birmingham. So when I ask, I'm like, okay, he's not gonna give me bullshit. He's gonna really <laughs> tell me who are the real artists that are committed, who really have a sound, yeah. and they sound genuine. And man, I've worked with plenty of them just from talking to you. Or going through your interviews. Man. Wow. That's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I can't oh, yeah. believe sometimes I can believe it, sometimes I can't believe it. Cause it's man, it's it's been a journey, bro. Yeah, man. It, it ain't even about me though. It ain't even about me. By the way, <laughs> by the way, still my favorite my favorite paper no last name from the All Star Pack was Penny Hardaway. Still my favorite one. Triple double a, and and, and dripping was was my songs. That was a dope one, man. That was that was a good time in life, man. I, I feel like me and Paper, we were just we were we hit like that stride where I knew exactly what he needed. Yeah. He knew exactly what I was gonna give him, man. And we just we just clicked. It was Y'all made good wow. music together, bro. We did, man. We did. Y'all made a lot of good music in together. In a short amount of time, too. Mm -hmm. A really short amount of time, man. We did like I think we did like four Four NBA packs, man, mm -hmm. within like five months, six months, man. Yeah. Those things are coming out like high, like, yeah, like man. no problem. Yeah, man. So shout out to Paper too, man. Shout out to Paper, man. My brother. I, my brother. I, I miss I miss his um I miss his music. And he had probably one of the most God, his voice his his voice and his cadence was unmatched. Man, and and the good thing is we're we've been talking and we've been just going back and forth little by little trying to build build it back up to where he's an artist again and I'm, you know, doing most of his production. So it's it's coming. It's coming. Boy, don't do that. Don't hey, we, do that. we got to, man. Like like you said, his voice is just like 
it's like silky leather, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense, but it's it's tough. Yeah. But it's just the way he weaves through his words, mm-hmm. man, are just just crazy. Yeah, Paper is one of those one of those artists that has a very unique voice when it oh, comes yeah. to, to to rapping and stuff like that. And and it's it's kind of um Graspy, but it's still smooth, and I don't know how that works. It's like an old uncle that <laughs> that gives you all the game, right? Right, <laughs> right. So I, I can't wait, man. What got you into music, man? That's a that's a question right there. I would say, man. Um, I was always around music. My mother, she used to sing in the church. You know, um, my father always had all the records, mm-hmm. so it could have been between James Brown. Billy Joel, mm-hmm. Prince, Funkadelic, Average White Band. It, it, I just had music always around me. Mm-hmm. So I guess once I started playing the piano, then I realized that I can make people move if I just play something. I can make them reminisce on something. Mm-hmm. I can make them, you know, want to dance. It, You know, and that was probably like around maybe six years old, man. Wow. And that was... That's what really got me into it. That, and I, I can't forget about saying my brother Ken Crowder the second. He always was, a, you know, he wanted to rap. Yeah, and you know, he he, he DJed, he rapped, mm. and he would always have the best records, the best CDs. So Wu Tang, um, shoot, Outkast, UGK, Tribe, and he would always let me listen to it. And he would always point out the producers. Mm-hmm. So after he kind of said, I'm rapping, you need to start trying to produce. Mm. And he put me on to it a lot, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know when we came in and you talked to uh, Micah, you was talking about the, y'all went to the same house, y'all went to Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How was- I- Best school in Birmingham, <laughs> I said. <laughs> um, when you was in high school, did Ramsey have anything to do with like, you going helping you go into music, or, or was it any mu- music programs there, or did, was you in a band? Like, what helped you get into, you know, more into your instrumentation? Because you know how to play several instruments. Am I yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little piano, a little bit of bass, percussions, drums. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I won't even say that it's, it was high school, man. Um, in between my brother wanting to rap, I was taking piano lessons. I was playing drums in church, mm-hmm. and it just came a point in time, man. Um, we had a friend; he was a part of SWAT team, which was my first, you know, production group. Mm-hmm. And his name is uh, Q or Jaquez Williams, mm-hmm. and he brought home Fruit Loops. And this is like two thousand, mm-hmm. so you know, I, I went to um, uh, high school two thousand and two, so I had a chance to see like. Fruit Loops at the beginning, 3.56. Yeah, like like early. Yeah, like really early. This was during the time when like Ninth Wonder was really big on it. Mm -hmm. So before that, I had this Korg workstation where you could hit a note and play a melody. And you can push record, play one melody, go to another one, play another one, play the drums and make it in song format. And after I, I started looking at that, I said, I can also record on this if I put my own stuff. Yeah. Now it didn't have any quantization or anything like that. So I had to play each instrument three minutes long. If it was oh, a three minute oh song. see, that's the early days. Dude, it was <laughs> man. But in between all that, I think it was just really being around my brother. Um, it wasn't high school. It mm-hmm. wasn't even middle school. Now I did, I did take jazz band when mm-hmm. I went to Ramsey. Right. Um, and I was at Huffman before Ramsey as well. Mm-hmm. Another great school. Um, but in between that, you know, this was stuff that I've already learned from church, you know, and being around my brother and other people that that knew about things. So when we when we got free loops from the the homie, it was like, oh, I can be on my computer typing in notes or get a MIDI board and play in stuff and mm-hmm. it can loop like a rap song or yeah. R and B song. And that was it. Yeah. That was it, man. Yeah, you got you had the crack version too then. It's okay. You pass the limitations. I mean, allegedly, I don't know what version. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is that you, you, what I'm saying is you didn't pay for it. Allegedly, <laughs> some guy named Matthew Broderick Steinberg 
was on the the version that I had. <laughs> but you know, I, I pay for stuff now. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, you um. So is it true? Like early, were you in high school? Or were you out of high school when you did the beef? You did a you did a beef for Birmingham J, didn't you? Man, yes. Um, I was in high school, and it that's was, a legend here in these streets. Very much a legend, man. Um. He he deserves all the roses that he gets, man. Um, I made that song in 02, first, second year, yeah, wait, yeah, first year in high school, man. And it was it was kind of crazy. Like I made the beat and took out Jay Z's, you know, uh, from Change Clothes and Go, mm-hmm. back it on up like you all truck, yep. Tell some of those hoes new shit, you know. And in between that. You know, my brother found out how you can chop acapellas in Fruity Loops. And we would have competitions. I didn't know how to do it at first. So I heard one version of a song he did. He did um, A-Ball MJG. I forgot what song it was. But it's the one like, I don't know why y'all niggas don't stand. I'm mm-hmm. a pimp, she the hoe. Break her chains and let her go. And <laughs> oh, he, lay it down. Yeah, lay it. They, there you go. Yeah. He, he sampled that part. And I was so fucking mad because he learned something I didn't learn. <laughs> <laughs> and this was this was before you actually had the Fruit of Loops Bible, yeah, or YouTube. So yeah, early Fruity Loops kids, yeah, yeah. You had to figure it not, out. Not FL, not FL. Fruity, Fruity Loops. Loops. You had to figure it out. You you did, man. And we he t- he kind of told me like when you make the loops, you know, you know you have eight bars or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you know you would count up eight bars. 16 and you would go further and further up mm-hmm. and you can get in the dot system in fruit loops up to 64 mm-hmm. if you time stretch the actual sample that you have you can actually have the words go that long and you can pick the tempo where everything is at yeah so i, I said okay i got this black album acapella i have that too by Man, the way one of i dude, bought that I, I bought i bought it uh, sorry kids but i bought the acapella <laughs> cd how does your acapella CD go platinum? Only only Jay-Z. Only Jay, your only ho. But Who you know fresh in the hole? Rhythm me there. <laughs> but man, yeah, back in high school, chopped that up, just had to back it on up like you all move back. And dude, did that in did that in high school. I was people gave me props off of that, man. Yeah. That was <laughs> like one of his better songs on there. Um he got yeah. radio play off of that song, he, if, he I'm radio, if I'm not playing. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, radio play. He was in the Source magazine for like hot new uh, tunes or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It was it was big, man. Yeah, Birmingham J was a, like like I said, he was a legend in these streets. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know what I'm shout, saying? Shout out to him and Cottage Boy Entertainment, man. There you go. Who he was signed to. They they gave us like one of our first looks mm. as production as a production group. Um, was that the point where you started taking music? I, I'm pretty sure you always took it seriously. Yeah. But what, yeah. at that point, when you said, yo, I'm on Birmingham J's new album, I'm, I've, I got a track on there. Yeah. Was that the point where you was like, yo, like, I need to start taking this production or this producing thing seriously? I think when I started taking it seriously, um, when I first got through the loops, you know, we made beats. Mm-hmm. A few months passed by, we said, okay, now we can probably, you know, do our own thing. I took it seriously once I saw my brother wanted to rap. And in between that, you know, we started finding other artists that wanted to use our beats. It was this one group that we were working with. They would go to the club and they would perform a song every um, week. Mm-hmm. It was one that we did. They'd come back, they win. We'll make a new beat, they'll come back and win. I said, man, if they're doing this off of something I'm making, we need to expand. Right. Later on, they won like all the weeks they could, got a grand prize, and they just dipped off on us. Yeah. And I was like, damn. But if we're this good, somebody else is gonna love it too. Yeah. So after that, man, any other hobbies I had, you know, were second place. Because right. I knew then if these people love it so much that they could continue on with us until they like, hey, we got money now, we can leave. Right, right, right. I can help my brother out. We can do this with somebody else. Mm. And then we got introduced to Birmingham Jays people. And then it was like, okay, from now on. That's what music. it is. Like, I wanted to do basketball at first. Everybody, you know, has hoop dreams. Yeah, whatnot. of course. But it was, 
right before I got into my first year of high school, it's going to be music. Wow. Yeah, man. Wow. So tell me, how did the SWAT team get started? Because I know you were part of a, uh, that that was your production group, right? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, collective. I don't... Oh, yeah, production group. Okay. Man. It was uh, me, my brother, uh, Ken that I was telling you about, because he rapped, he also produced, mm-hmm. and it was Q. The way we got um, started, like I said, I didn't have Fruity Loose at first. Mm-hmm. I was just working off of a keyboard. Quiz came back home from A&M with Fruity Loops. And him and my brother were in, like, this basketball development um, police league in Birmingham or something. Yeah. So he heard my stuff from my keyboard that I found a way to hit sound record on Windows, whatever was out then. Mm-hmm. I played, he's like, oh, that's, that's cute. <laughs> then he will play his stuff off of Fruity Loops. How did you get it to loop back and do all this stuff? Right. He showed me how to do it. Next week when they get ready to play, before they go in, let's listen to beats real quick. Play my beats. He was like, oh, okay. Fuck you. Let me go back home. <laughs> and it was just competition at first, man. Right. Until we we both said, hey, we're all a part of the same, you know, group of friends. Mm-hmm. Let's work this out. My brother was our first artist. And we just, all three of us just started, you know, Iron Sharpens Iron. We all got better at it, man. And yeah. That's how we started. He played drums in church, you know. That's his his origin, but he also went to A and M. He played snare drum, mm-hmm. and when he brought Fruit Loops back to all of us, man, it just it changed everything. It, it clicked, it? man, and that's that was probably the the aha moment where it's just like, okay, we're gonna work this out. Then we just started doing Birmingham J, mm-hmm. you know, started learning other artists in the city, Modesty XO mm-hmm. at that point, Fred P, and it grew, yeah. Is uh, SWAT team still y'all still a thing or and like how what's what's the, what's the status right now on SWAT team? So SWAT team right now and you know and we we also have uh, another member uh, by the name of Walt. You might have met Walt. I met Walt. Yeah, Walt. I met him. Mm-hmm. That's that's the homie from Mississippi. Cool, cool, cool people. Super cool man. So right now I I can say that you know we're we're kind of taking a hiatus. You mm-hmm. know. Other people are doing other things. My brother ended up, he owns his own clothing store mm. in uh, Huntsville, uh, has his own clothing line called Fly Alumni, mm-hmm. and uh, upgraded the store in Huntsville. Uh, Quiz is actually DJing now. That's dope. Yeah, man. And he's he's getting back into the production, but he said, right now, I want to focus on DJing. Yeah. And Walt, that's been my homie. We're, we're still SWAT team, but right now, you know, I'm having to venture out a little bit more so we can, I can bring my brothers back into it. Yeah. So we're, we're still out there, man. If, if people want to still get beats from us, they're out there to get, um, me and Walt, we actually, we work together on a few of the currency tracks that, you know, what's probably getting to that later, but yeah, yeah man, we're, we're still out here, man. That's cool, man. I know. I I just remember. I remember when I first met you, and we we were we were talking. Yeah. You always bring up SWAT team, and then I met a couple of the homies yeah, and stuff man, like that too. Brothers, yeah. Brothers. So it. Uh, I just didn't know. I, I mean, I know what you're doing right now, but yeah, I just wanted yeah. to. I wananted to make sure that name was still out there and people understood. Oh, SWAT man. team's still a thing. SWAT, SWAT team is still a thing, man. You know, never. It's never going to stop. It's it's only growing. You know, I'm right. I'm just on my my voyage right now with trying to bring back all the stuff to where all my brothers can get the same opportunities as me. Or that's what that's what it's all about. Let me ask you about another situation you were in. What okay. you and uh, Anthem Brown was actually doing some stuff together. Yeah. Now man. what was that situation like? So um and this was, you know, I want to say 2019, mm-hmm. maybe late 2018. Um and this is how I kind of um got my start into looking at different avenues. Um Anthem Real cool guy, man. Really dope fucking producer. Grammy. He got a Grammy. Grammy awarded producer. Um, So there's so many routes in production that people can go that they don't look at a lot of them. Mm-hmm. He started um doing sample packs, which would be, you know, at the time, nobody wants to pay for clearance every time for, for beats or whatnot. Right. You know, Marvin Gaye be out there cutting off heads. Marvin Gaye will bury you. 
So <laughs> he will yes, bury your family quickly. <laughs> if it sounds anything like it, and even not like it, he's still trying to get money. He, not him, his his, his family, his, yeah, the estate. But um, you know, I saw what Anthem was doing. He was getting into sample packs, and I I told him I want to learn about. It. I want to you know be down. So, yeah. You know, for tenure, I did some work with him on his with his company called Crate League. Mm. Learned ton of knowledge from the from the guy, man. Um, real cool guy, and he kind of gave me a chance to just see some of the other sides of what you can do as a producer. Mm. Like, um, I've always been tough with melodies, but then just knowing that you can make this a viable thing for you. There's other producers. They don't know how to make melodies. Mm-hmm. They don't even know how to curate or make something that sounds like it's from the 60s. Right. So um, did some work with him, with his company, Crate League. I put out like maybe maybe six or seven packs with him. Y'all was doing beat packs heavy, too. Man. Heavy. Yeah. Y'all was like, it felt like every month y'all had. Or yeah. hell, he, damn near every and he, week. And he, he's still doing those, those sample packs now, man. His company is is booming it's it's very much a viable uh it's a very foundational thing Mm -hmm. for the sample pack community like you know and people that know about sample packs they might know about mario luciano frank Mm -hmm. dukes ill mind he's also one of those guys that are like one of the big sample pack guys yeah and just a dope ass producer in general but he he gave me um insight and just information about doing melodies and knowing that this leads to co-production with bigger producer names. Mm-hmm. So watching him and learning from him and seeing him do production with Hit Boy, you know, um, and just Mike and Keys, Ayo the producer, like guys that are like really cemented in the hip hop mm-hmm. made me say, okay, I need to enterprise out too and do the same thing. Yeah, most definitely, man. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Me, you might not remember this. I remember this. Okay. Me and you, outside... A black market, South Side. Okay. Conversation, okay. we mean you talking. It's like 2018, 2019. And you said, yo, man, I th- Silas was performing. Yep. That okay. Night. I remember this. And uh, you said, hey, man, I've been working with Silas, brother. I've been working with Silas. And, and the project was uh, The Last Cherry Blossom. That was the name of the, yep. of the project. Yep. And I was just like, for real? He was like, yeah. He was like, yeah. We just, we chopped it up. Like we always do when we see each oh, other. Yeah. We start talking oh, yeah. music. He was like, yeah, I've been, I've been doing some tracks for him. So when you started working with Silas, mm-hmm. was that the beginning of the actual serious, like, I'm about to actually start working with these bigger names? Because for, for all intents and purposes, I, I don't know if a lot of people understand, like, Silas is a big independent artist. We, yes. I, I, we literally interviewed him when he first started when on my first website. started, yes. So was that what got the ball rolling for you, working with people who with bigger names outside of the city? Or, or like, what? What what was the effect of working with Silas? Let me just okay. ask that. So, real quick story time. <laughs> I I connected with Silas because of you. I've all and I always tell everybody listen. I always tell them this <laughs> from his interview. It made me look up Silas, email Silas, say, "Hey man, I got beats. You know, love to send you some." And you know, and that's what came with you know we came with a uh, cherry blossom mm-hmm. and the songs that were on there. And I would say that was the um, that was the start of being able to venture out and other things growing into more um, major placements and indie major placements. Man, mm-hmm. um, Cherry Blossom was really big, and since it was like his first, you know, I'm finally getting signed to Sony RCA. Mm-hmm. They gave some looks, but the song from Silas that really gave the looks was um, I got it. Mm-hmm. Once the big crit, um, you know, featuring situation happened, I could say, "Oh yeah, this old big crit." Yeah, you know, and that was one that me and Walt did together, man. Um, that that started the the snowball effect for us. Yeah, you know, um, and right after that, you know, that's when I started trying to venture out with the the melody side of things and start doing more sample packs and co production, you know, mm-hmm. on my own. And, and that's your bag too, man. Oh man, it's 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 lovely. The melody stuff, your horns. I always Thank applaud you, your horns, dog, because your horns would be like I I know you did it. I'm like he did. I, I know those horns anywhere. Thank you. That's man. Luke. You Thank know what I'm you. saying. And that's just for me. 
being around you, knowing the type of music that you listen to, and just having yeah. back and forth conversations. Like we rarely be in the same space. True, but I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty good at, and my ear is not not bad. Not at all, <laughs> man. You, you got a good ear, man, for music, right? But um, yeah, man, and um, you know, shout out to um Wisdom, you know, for that track I got it, and shout out to my guys, the Loud Pack. They they kind of gave me that genuine sound with horns, man, mm-hmm. during those days after working with Silas. And, yeah, that snowballed, man. Uh, Silas was from Mississippi, one of the homies that's basically like a mentor that I started getting a lot of major placements with, mm-hmm. uh, C. Gutter. And people might know him from, like, Shoulder Lean, mm-hmm. a lot of the first Jeezy stuff, a lot of the T.I. stuff. He was with Grant Hustle. I met him via Silas. Silas and him were at like a show together. Right. And I reached out to C. Gutter because, hey, you're from Mississippi, Silas from Mississippi. Let's tie those in, but let me also tie into where we can collaborate as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Silas was the was the snowball effect for everything else to roll. Yeah. Really, really the snowball effect was you. <laughs> don't tell people that because they won't believe you. They need a lot, to. A lot of people don't believe me, man. I wish, I, I ain't even get started. I ain't even get on that right now. But um, yeah, man, I, I just remember that night and me and you, we, we sat out there for at least, it had to be at least 30 minutes. It was cold. We, we, yeah, it was cold as hell. <laughs> But we talked about we you were just saying like what some tracks you had. We was like, I'm working with this dude, like yeah. and he's actually really good. And like if you look at Silas now, Silas is like a, a name, whether yeah. you believe it or yeah. not. And I remember um when when we actually you know, my business partner at the time found him. He was like, Yo, we need to we need to hit this dude up because he's making a lot of noise out there in Mississippi. Oh, yeah. I was like, Let's go with it. Cause I didn't even actually do the interview, but it was still on my website. I had um Somebody who was on the site at the time do the, yeah. do the interview, but so yeah, I I remember uh, uh, hearing the music that he had brought to me, and he was like, "Yo, we need to hit this dude." I'm like, "Let's do it." Super dope guy, man. He just good people, he, and he knows how to go viral easily mm-hmm. by doing wholesomely good things, mm-hmm. man. And that's yeah. rare. Is is very rare. That's it's very rare. rare. God, man. Oh it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's rare. So let's move forward a little bit more. Cause you you working with Silas and you was working with a few artists outside of outside yeah. of the city. We'll get back to the city in a minute. Oh yeah, I want to get to a personal personal side. I, I remember. I don't know if you posted this on social media or not. I think you did. Oh lord, tell me about the day you you uh you quit your nine to five and you was pursuing music. Oh man, as a career. Okay, so you know just to give a little context to it, I lost my father in twenty eighteen. And, you know, I worked at UAB Hospital, you know, UAB Blazer, I'm on Blazer, so just want y'all to know. But mm-hmm. I lost my father during my, my, my time working there, and I've been there like three years, you know, before, you know, everything was going on. Lost my father, and I remember just being at the hospital, seeing him like that. Mm-hmm. So going back to the job, just depressed, depressed, depressed. I got to go to a hospital after seeing my father in a hospital, you know, you know, dead or whatnot. Mm. And it just hit me, man, like, I got to get more serious. So, really. Let me ask you a question before you get into that. Yeah. And I didn't mean to cut you off, but I had that down where I was kind of scared to talk to you about it. But No, nah, man. Hey, how, man. How did your dad, like, did, did your dad pass an effect? Your music or your passion for production? It never affected my passion. You know, it's always been there. I knew as soon as I said music was going to be the thing I do, it was going to be the thing I did. I could never hold a job and say, I'm going to make this into a career. Right. So I would take lower paying jobs because I'm like, I don't want to get so invested in this thing. And people think, oh, you're going to make that your career. No, it's music. It's always been music. And I'm not going to say that it affected my, my, you know, my music per se, but it just, it gave me a realization that I can do more. Yeah. You know, we get so tied into one way of doing things that we don't try to look for different avenues. Mm-hmm. So it just increased my drive. Wow. And yeah, man, it, at one point 
every other week I tell everybody, hey, you know, I'm not going to be here long, right? Like, man, you've been here three years, you've been here four years. But but I just want y'all to know, I'm going to miss y'all, but I'm not going to be here long. Right. So, you know, one thing that happened when my father died, I tried to uh, just show him what my goal list was, tell him what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I showed him, hey, I know I got to get a new laptop. I need to get these new things. And he's like, dude, I support whatever you're doing. I'm proud of you. Man. And that's the biggest thing we want is just children, the acceptance and acknowledgement of our parents. Mm-hmm. You know, we go through life and we, you know, we always look up to them. Right. But when they finally hit us with that, it just, it hits you. Mm-hmm. So, and when he said it, you know, a week later, he went to Thanksgiving. He said, I'm coming back. We're going to talk some more about it. And he died on his trip back from uh, Louisiana because he went out there to see family. Mm-hmm. I had to work. But to fast forward from that, it gave me the, it gave me the drive and motivation I needed to say, hey, okay, sample packs are working. Melodies are working. Let me reach out to people that actually need them. Mm-hmm. Let me reach out to DJ Toot. Let me reach out to C. Gutter. Let me reach out to Mike and Keys. And once that happened, I started just seeing the universe work for me. Mm-hmm. I found Loud Pack to play horns for me. Mm-hmm. I started working with some of the greatest musicians in Birmingham, uh, Ralph, Sidney Bat- uh, Battle, um, one of the, like my co-producer homie, Katwan McCoy, or Kit Don't Miss, everything started coming my way that I needed. Mm-hmm. And that's when I linked up with C. Gutter, and we ended up getting like our first placement, and it was with um the writer who wrote Old Town Road, Mm. Nas X. Oh wow! Um, she wanted to actually make a few songs. Yeah, he heard the he heard the melodies and the production. Like, man, are those horns really you? Yeah, told you. Raised them all that man. I told you. I got a team. I told you horns be killing them. And after that, he was like, "We're gonna do some more work." So, got that first placement. Then other producers start seeing the work. Um, mm-hmm. The homie uh, Bungo, by the way, is real cool with the, the mm-hmm. girl that actually had the song that we produced for. Right. After I saw he he was playing on the piano, I reached out to him. Hey, you know I actually made that. Send me some stuff. And then just the web of networking started growing. Man. Man. And after a while, I started getting more placements, more placements. And then the YSL situation with Young Thug and his group came about. Mm-hmm. Got a billboard number one. And I said, hey, this happened in March. I'm going to plan out a budget of how much I'll need to survive for at least a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start this in July. I got, I'm got. i starting to get more accolades and things are rolling. I got production that's soon to come out. I need to go ahead and plan my budget from July to next July. Mm-hmm. So June came around. I was at UAB. Gave my boss my um, my letter of resignation. Say, hey, you got 30 days. The hospital's weird. They don't do two-week notice. They do 30-day notice. 30-day notice. And, man, and she didn't even congratulate me. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. But I put it in, and everybody already knew what I wanted to do in music. Yeah. You know, I'll go into the job. Look, you know, you're going to be late. I'm like, listen, this is just a means to an end. Right. I'm not here because I want to be a doctor. I'm not here because I want to be a nurse practitioner or get past that glass ceiling of the job I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. You know, doing um, unit secretary administration stuff. Like, no, I, it's music. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening, um, I put it in. You know, I kind of got a little scared because I'm like, man, I'm only going to be making money off of music. Mm-hmm. Talked with my girl about it a little bit. Talked with my brother. My brother told me something. He said, man, a bamboo tree takes five years to grow. Before mm. even before it even leaves the soil, Yeah, you have to water it five years. People looking at you stupid like, why are you watering the ground? And then after those five years, it takes five weeks before it grows 50 feet. Boy. And he was like, dude. Boy. He was like, dude, you've been doing all this for years to get to this point. Tell me how many years you've been actually producing and it's making o- stuff. O two or really two thousand. You know, O two is when it kind of you know the Birmingham J thing, but really starting to 
say, hey, I want to be a producer was was 2000. So that's 20 years. It's 2022 now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a lot of years, man. But it took me finally trying different alternatives and really just just laser tunnel vision, man. Mm-hmm. And after he told me that, he said, dude, you've been doing this for so long. Now that God is putting all the right people in the position for you, mm-hmm. and you've even got a team that you're growing with, yeah, you you sprouted now. Your your bamboo your your five year bamboo situation of watering it, intending to it, mm-hmm. nurturing the soil for it is over. You're sprouting exactly. So right now, man, I'm I'm blessed enough to say I'm at the start of my career in yeah, music. Exactly. So July um July the first of what year is this? Twenty twenty one was when I finally got off my job. And man, the the best feeling in the world to say that I'm just fully doing music and I'm doing something that I've wanted to do all my life. That's awesome. Yeah man. That's awesome. How is the grind here in Birmingham different from the grinds in other places that you put because you've been outside of the city yeah, yeah. Uh, doing some stuff what, what's the difference man I think the difference with the grind from Birmingham and out of the city is that you know being in Birmingham we don't have a major scene to start off with so the perception of what success looks like in Birmingham or the perception as you know success as a producer or artist is different from outside cities Mm -hmm. we usually draw a lot of our um inspiration of what we want to grab from other cities atlanta Mm -hmm. you know la tennessee or whatever and since we don't have a major scene there's a lot of steps that are missing in birmingham right we got so many talented people but they might some people might not know i need a promo situation up before I put out my music. Right. You know, I need to make sure my live set is perfected. And I I think it's, you know, because a lot of people love to say it's crabs in a barrel. I don't think it's a crab situation, crabs in a barrel situation. Mm -hmm. It's just that we haven't had a chance to really have somebody that brings it back and say, hey, this is how the full scope of things is done. Mm -hmm. When an artist comes out, they have a promo, they get videos done, they get all this done. And I think since we don't have that, a lot of people can't see the other facets that goes on. Right. They might not know that there's a writer that they could be working with. I, I think Crabs in the Barrel is a cop out now. It's a it's a it's a big I, cop out. I think we've had enough people to do things here in Birmingham that are bigger than the city. Yes. To say, hey, like it can be done. It can be done, man. Like when people are like, oh, just crabs in the barrel. Nobody don't want to work with nobody. I just feel like now we've gotten to the point in 2022 where it's a cop-out. Especially now where you don't really need to have a major to do what you need to do. That's true. That's true. I just think, you know, I think when you finally get out of the city and you see what everybody else is doing, when you come back, you need to share it with other people. But, but see... I'm not going to make it into what no, I want to say, but, say, it. say but it. to be honest with you, man, it's like, I, I don't really feel like people think that way. They don't. People want to be the first here. Like, that That's seems true. to be the, the thing. Like, I want to be the first to get this done. And I'm not knocking nobody. Yeah. I'm not trying to knock nobody hustle, but there's been patterns here for a while. I've been, I've been in Birmingham for, you know what I'm saying? I've been yeah. here for a minute. And some of that patterns ain't changed. I want to be the first to do this, or this needs to happen, or such and such. such, such. Like, I don't want to share nothing because I want to be the the man. And it's like, honestly, or the woman, whoever. Yeah. But honestly, man, like, that crabs in the barrel talk that people keep saying now, it's just, to me now, in 2022, it's really just a cop-out now. It is, man. Y'all need to figure out how to work together and move forward. And that's just my two cents. I, I, I agree, man. I think sometimes, you know, so... If you realize that in the South, there are times where people don't go on airplanes until they're like in their 20s or they haven't been out of Atlanta, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. New Orleans. They've never seen the West Coast. Right. They've never seen New York. They've never seen out of the country. Mm -hmm. So 
you it's easy to get stuck where you're at and not want to grow you know from that right but the people that finally do see other places they come back and they tell their stories and they have a broader perspective mm-hmm. of how things work in just in in the world right i think with the artist side of things everybody want to be first okay you're the first in your city or your subdivision or even in your neighborhood mm-hmm. but you don't know how other neighborhoods work you don't know how other cities work you don't know how other states work mm-hmm. so okay you're the first here but what does that really mean exactly are you are you just good enough for your city but i feel like everybody wants their music or just their art to be enjoyed by everybody in the world yeah so okay be cool be the best in birmingham but go outside of birmingham see what works completely Mm -hmm. for you being an artist and when you come back you know hopefully it won't be a thing that you just i mean it's only for me but that getting the perception of what real success looks like Mm -hmm. or what all goes into the music business and music Mm -hmm. that's going to give a bigger just a a bigger thing for Birmingham and just artists being, you know, better with how the system works, man. Right. And and that's that's really all we need. Yeah. But you know, there there are situations here where things won't get better <laughs> because people don't want to see past themselves. <laughs> and that's it. Right. They don't want to see past themselves, man. I'm in my house. My house is big. I got a big screen TV. I got blah 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 bedrooms. Right, dude. There's other houses out there. Right, there's million dollar houses out there. Uh, yeah, you feel me? <laughs> like, so don't just say this is the only way. I'm the best at it, dude. There's and the other thing, stop making music competition. Right, it's an art form. We're supposed to, we're supposed to enjoy what you're making, mm-hmm. not to just down somebody or say because I'm doing this. I'm not going to fuck with this person. Right. You're going left, I'm going right. Yeah. Can't do that. Art, art is not to be, art is not to be fought out, you know, fought about. It's supposed to be expressed and you grab something from it and you grow from it. Exactly. I, I don't understand the competition side. Hey man, it's, but it's, with, with the, with the genre of rap, the, the genre of music that we deal with, which is typically hip hop. Yep. That's that's what it's always been, though, Luke. It's always it's, been competition. It's always been, you know, the East Side versus the West Side. It's always true. been New York versus L.A. or Compton versus Bronx. And, Some, and people die from that. Man. Right. And I've always looked at music from the point of view of, like, Prince. Prince always used to talk about music being like a child being born or yes. something of a creation that's made so you can put out into the world so oh, people yeah. can love it. And, you know... It's it's a it's layers. I mean, there are layers, man. I mean, even though there was, if we go back to the beginning of hip hop, it was competition, but it was in a party, right? It wasn't. Oh, we fighting about this. We beefing. <laughs> Fuck you. We're gonna rap. We're gonna see who's the best. But we're at a party to have fun, right? You know, but it it grew into something like I'm the best. What what does being the best really mean? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's so subjective and. If you're only the best in a pun, a catfish pun, you don't <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be around whales and sharks and orca and all this other stuff. You're right. in a pun. You're in a creek. You're not even in a pun. You're not even in a lake. Yeah. After you get out and you see that, oh, I'm in the ocean now. Yeah. There's so many other species or people that have their own um, art form, their own discipline. Yeah. I'm great at mine. But this person might be good at something else that I'm not. Right. Re- you got to respect it. Right. Right. Let me move forward, man. We'll have this all day. This is his first interview, and I'm one of the people. We'll segue into other stuff. So, <laughs> hey, man. This is the first one back for me. This is amazing. Oh, yeah. I see the list that you had online. Another list. I, I've been doing, oh, my, been, doing, been, been doing my research, buddy. Okay. Um, you had a list, and you posted it on on your social media. Uh, I'm gonna just name some things off of that that you checked off. Oh lord! He's Here like, "Yo, man, closer to God or a Grammy nom, Billboard number one, platinum oh, yeah. certification, full time in music. Oh yeah, Grammy win. Those are some of the things. I didn't read off the whole list because some of those you. things were I personal. 
how does it feel to cross off some of those things on that list currently? Man, so the list that you're referring to is my goal list from 2021. Mm. I crossed off probably everything except maybe like one or two things on that list, man. And it was it was just me being obedient to um to what God has told me. You know, a, a Habakkuk, um, I want to say chapter one. I'm getting this wrong now. Habakkuk, I want to say second, third verse, maybe of the first chapter. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna hold your feet to the don't, fire. Don't you get it wrong. Me, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, this is new for me, y'all. <laughs> but it basically says, write down the plan and make it plain. It says you write it down on tablets. Yeah. The thing is, when you write something down of your mission statement or something that you have to do, you basically are held to doing that thing mm. once you put it down. Right. And the thing is, if you work on it every day, God's going to bring the right people to you. So I did not know how I was going to get a Grammy <laughs> nomination. And I'm going to say, I'm going to get a Grammy. Right. You know, um, Lord, let it happen. I did not know how I was going to get a you billboard got, number one. What, April the 3rd? I, that's yeah. when that Grammy, that's when they do the Grammys. Uh, that's when the Grammys uh, come on. Yeah, man. So April the 3rd. Lord, let it happen, you know. But I didn't know how these things were going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I just knew if I put in the work and I'm going to, I'm opening the right doors, mm-hmm. and I'm doing the work to stay inside that room and mm-hmm. go to another room later, it'll work out. So a lot of it was, hey, God put this one person that's loving what you're doing. One of the homies I'm still bringing up, C. Gutter, mm-hmm. like mentor. He changed my life to where I could get off my job. Because getting that first placement with him mm-hmm. resulted into other placements, resulted to you know to meeting to network with other producers yeah. and other artists. Yeah, I got my first Billboard with him, you know, with the YSL thing. Mm-hmm. I got my Grammy, Grammy nomination with him, but you know, it was meeting new people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one thing I like to say is, and I learned this from this guy Cash Jones, um, it's called. R&R, that's what he calls it. But really, it's real relationships build real results. Word. So Damn, that's real. I was able to garner better relationships with people off of my talent. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to do beats this one way. Maybe you need to learn melodies. And people enjoy those. Work with you, collaboration. And then you can work on your own beats again. Mm-hmm. It's just another route to get to the main thing. So... I just start, you know, start knocking off things in that list by just doing the right work. So everything on that list is said like one or two things, you know, got knocked off. But it was writing it down, you know, and being present in what I wanted to happen mm-hmm. and just doing the work. God did everything else. I didn't know that one track I did two years ago got picked up in 20, you know, 2021. And now it's, you know, it's part of a gold-selling record. Right. I did the work, got it to the right people, God did the rest. Man, that's, that's so, so real. I would just tell everybody, write down a goal list. Put whatever you want. Let it be wild. Because, like I said, all this stuff happened in the same year. Grammy Noam, Billboard number 1, getting off my job closer to God, all this happened in the same year because I wrote it down in January. Mm. It's all God, but it's all right now. It goes manifesting. Man, we're running out of time, so I gotta, I gotta, we gotta, we gotta wrap this up. I got at least, I got two more questions I gotta ask Let's you, Let's do it, man. man. I'm long-winded. I'm gonna try to cut it down. <laughs> <laughs> How did it feel to get, to, to get your Grammy nomination? I worked so long for this thing that when it happened I wasn't ready for it Mm -hmm. but I knew that all the work I did meant something so when it happened I was like dude this is this is this is me I worked 20 odd years to not just get there but to be accomplished in music so when it happened I was like "It's, it's all God it was fulfilling but it also showed me there's more work to get done Mm. This is just one thing, one facet that I love. If I stop now after getting this, I didn't, you know, I didn't do everything else I need to do. So, dude, it's lovely. 
happened the most craziest way. You know, thank you, Masego, for picking two tracks of mine. But man, there's more. There's going to be more after this. That's dope. That's dope. Oh, yeah. Well, I said two questions, but we we getting kicked out of here. We started a little bit oh, behind man. schedule. But, yo, tell everybody where they can find you at and um, let everybody know social media is everything. Oh, yeah. Real quick, y'all. Um, Luke Limelight, which is L-U-K-E-L-I-M-E-L-I-T-E. And um, Instagram, you know, that's that's one of my biggest things. That's how I, you know, I start accomplishing things, trapping off of Instagram. But, yeah, you can find me at that, man. Um, also, I want to put this out here. This being his first one, Cole Jackson is a very big, big ignition piece for the city. He's done so many great things with just giving insight and spotlights to our artists here. And sometimes I feel like he doesn't get the credit he wants, you know, that he deserves. But him being just somebody that works hard and puts his head down and just works, it's going to be shown out, especially with this being the first. There's yeah. so many better ones. Yeah. I just want you to know I appreciate you, and I'll give you your roses as well. <laughs> man, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. All right, y'all. Um, we, we're going to – Luke, we got to do this one more time. Cause we didn't, I didn't get to ask you everything I wanted to ask hey, you, this, but this part one, man. but this will be part one. Um, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, I guess this is me coming back. I guess I'm back, Luke. Am I back? You're back, man. Damn, you never left, man. You just, you was doing other things, but it's, it's been a long time. <laughs> Shouldn't have left you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining me, Luke. And everybody, if you want to catch up with me, I'm on Instagram at Cole Jackson underscore BYNK. And if you want to catch me on Twitter, it's at Cole Jackson one two. And we'll catch you on the next one. If you are an artist or anybody that has some type of art form, you need to reach out to this guy, <laughs> and he's going to find you as well because he knows how to find people that are that are really into their their art form. I don't post to be cutting in, but dude, I just want y'all to know, if you are an artist, this is the guy you need to get in touch with, and he's going to find you because if he's interviewing you, it's for a purpose because he knows that you have purpose in your art. I'm done. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>